and welcome to Bruh Meets World. When it's Bruh World. Your boy Meets World found guys. This is episode 102. I'm Siege. And I am Tony Curtis. Yay, yay. And uh, to keep it rolling, we have another very special guest joining us today. We have Shalina McGregor from the Everything 90s podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your podcast and um, then tell us what your history is with Boy Meets World? Sure. So I'm the host of Everything 90s podcast. I started it back in November 2020 um, and it how it came about was prior to that I had another podcast um, called The Sweet Tooth Vegan and that was a uh, part of my baking business um, but then with the pandemic I found myself just reflect having a lot of time to just reflect on life and I'm a very reflective person so I ended up creating like thinking back to my childhood the 90s I'm born in 91 and um, then I decided to create a podcast just reflecting on the good times in the 90s and and connecting with other 90s babies or people that grew up in the 90s so that's kind of how it started uh I'm 88 until you are 87 I'm the last week of 87 yes yeah he's like the last <laughs> week of 87 so it's so crazy because we, we grew up on 90s but are we still considered 80s babies? I don't even know. Like, I don't know how that I works. I don't really remember much of 80s culture as much. There's a few things that I guess like ALF, like a lot of like <laughs> millennials don't really know ALF as well as I do. Uh, but there's a few like pop culture things from the 80s that I guess I have a better understanding of or memory of. Um, but I think what it did allow me to do is be actively involved throughout the entire 90s. Like by the time, like I think Fresh Prince started in like 91, right? Like I was watching it like the first episode as it aired. So like I, I was really into the 90s as a as a late born 80s kid. And also as 91, that means you're about to hit 30. We're hitting those, yeah. those <laughs> third decade. Oh yeah. <laughs> 30s are better than 20s. Don't let anyone tell you any different. Is it? Absolutely. Okay, I'm looking forward. Absolutely. I mean, everything hurts. I'm not gonna lie, but like, <laughs> but you have more fun. You're, you know, you. It's more peaceful, I think. I think you're just, yeah. It's just less craziness. I'm embracing the I don't give a fuck. Like honestly, it's just like I ask myself on a regular basis whenever my energy gets too high. I'm like, do I really care? I don't think I do. <laughs> that, yeah, that sets in strong, and it fits like a glove. You're just like, where you been all my life? <laughs> Oh, and uh, what's your history with uh, Boy Meets World? Right. So I watched um, Boy Meets World when I was younger, maybe middle school or grade school. Um, and we, I think it came on, did it come on ABC in this? It did. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Okay. It, did. it was so part of the Friday night TJIF lineup. Okay, so in Canada, we don't, we didn't get ABC, we have something called Family Channel. So then I watched it on Family Channel. Um, but not not in like any season order, like just whatever came on, I, I watched. Um, overall, I thought it was a pretty good show. I didn't really watch a lot of the later seasons when they're in um, college, but mostly when they're younger. Were you familiar with this episode when you saw it? No. 
<laughs> oh, that's interesting. so interesting. I'm okay. really happy to see that because this is one of the like iconic episodes in my memory. Um, and like, it just like, I don't know why, but like, it just was so um, impactful and it, it stayed with me. So I'm really interested to see like what a totally. first timer feels about this episode. Yeah. I, I actually think this is my favorite episode of the whole show. Um, in a lot of ways, uh, to me, this is like, and this is a perfect example. Cause I always said, like, if no one had ever seen boy meets world before, this would be the episode I would show them. And so like, I'm, I'm interested to get your take as someone who's never seen the episode before. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, um, let's get, speaking of the episode, um, T, I think we should talk about, well, there are a few things. One, this ep episode is called, um, the Eskimo, and uh, mm. that is a derogatory term that I will not be using for the rest of the podcast. Um, so when referring to the episode, I may call it by, you know, the episode's title. Um, when we're referring to the individual who Sean is talking about in the episode, I will call him the Inuit. Um person uh, and and those who are are watch or can't see uh, I'm getting the thumbs up from Shalina <laughs> so that that tells me I'm on the right track but yeah I was like it's so crazy that the episode itself is the slur and I was like mm, not 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 the greatest way to start us off gosh perfect example of how the 90s just kind of like ruined something great with racism like it always <laughs> rears its ugly head into everything and wow like i didn't even put two and two together but i was like you're right like why the hell is this whole episode involving that word interesting yeah okay yeah, that stood out to me as well um when you sent me the episode like what we're gonna be reviewing on i'm like oh gosh like it, it just <laughs> it was really cringy and like yeah, we don't we don't use that term either. We use Inuit or in um, Inuk for a singular, but yeah. Okay, so it's Inuk for singular. Yeah, so Inuit is plural form, means the people, and then Inuk is singular. Okay, so I'll I'll use that as well. Um, I didn't know the differences, but I did look it up right before to be like, okay, what's the proper uh, so should, should we rename this episode? There's always in the nuck in my way. Like, <laughs> like is that is that how we should think of this episode? Like the nuck? Should we just? I don't, I don't even like that that yeah that phrase that Sean used. It was just yeah. Um, say I look I like I look forward to getting into it because I had I was gonna say like there's always a man eating ice cream. Like that's how I was gonna, there's always like a man eating ice cream in my way or something, something along those lines, make it more, more playful. But for those of you who don't know, we'll get into the episode, talk about it a little bit, and then you can help us decide. Ati, do you have a tell me about it? I, I do, I do. Yeah, let's uh, jump into that. <clears throat> tell us about it. There's a... <laughs> I'm so sorry. I mentioned the word in the tell me about it because it's so, they say it so much. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me rephrase. <clears throat> uh, 2021 edit, yo. <clears throat> <laughs> tell us about it. There's an Inuit in Sean's way, but he will find a way to do the impossible because of Fine. I love it. I love it. And I love it even more that you made it good for 2021. Thank you. Always yes. Love like we we grow. <laughs> Constantly evolving. 
Okay, so this is season five, episode 13. Look it up yourselves. Um, <laughs> upset that the seniors are slacking off, Mr. Feeney threatens to issue Fs and assign personal goals to Sean, Topanga, and Corey. Sean is to find two tickets to the Super Bowl, Topanga is to refrain from interfering, and Corey is to help them. Corey will fail if either Sean or Topanga fails. Meanwhile, Eric and Jack search for soulmates. That storyline I also want to address, but in the meantime, let's just go into the A storyline, which is Corey, Sean, Topanga, and their uh, mission from Feeney. Uh, what are your first thoughts, Shalina? Um, for me, when Feeney kind of gets really stern with them and serious, that really threw me off. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> he's like... He's not even smiling or like joking, like he's serious. I kind of got a little scared because <laughs> what I remember from Feeney, he wasn't that strict or stern. Um, but yeah, that was like my first. Feeney is always someone where um, he's one of those people where it's like he's a kind, understanding soul until he's not. And when he's not, you you should be scared. Like, you know, it's like, oh, this dude has, like, the most patient. He's been a teacher for years, dealing with entitled white kids from the suburbs, again, for years. And so when Feeney's like, yo, I'm not having it, you like, oh, I, we, we've gone too far. Like, they even say that, Corey and Sean are like, hey, you know that, that time we talked about? I think it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things ab about that, though, is that this episode kind of challenges the idea that like, hey, you never stop learning. Like that's one of the lessons that Feeney kind of tries to teach the kids and that the kids kind of like upset him with is this idea that like, oh, it's senior year, you don't have anything left to teach us, there's nothing left to learn. And that like really kind of digs under his skin. Um, and I feel like this isn't the first time we've kind of gotten that vibe throughout this this year, this season about how the boys kind of feel like it's senior year and they're kind of have, having senioritis of sorts. Um, uh, but this episode does a great job of just talking about how like there's that conflicting senioritis, you don't want to do anything with all this pressure like, hey, you haven't put in your college forms yet. You haven't been doing the things you're supposed to do. There's all this pressure at the same time. Um, so the, I thought the episode did a really good job of kind of showing both sides of, of the senior year experience. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that. And I can relate to that as well. Like thinking back to, to high school and even like in university, um, like in my last year, just being like, okay, but we still have exams, but like, you just want to be over, like done with it. Yeah, I think it's really funny. I think like what was also amazing is uh, you were talking about Feeney being stern. And I love, there was like a little bit of comedy that in that, in that scene where uh, she was like, but I'm Topanga. Like you're, <laughs> you're yelling at me, yeah. but I'm, I'm Topanga. I don't get yelled at. And I think there yeah. were just like lots of moments. And of course, Ben Savage saying it again a little bit later. Um, it's, it's. This or Feeney doing the callback at the end. Like it, this yes. episode's shocked with jokes. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. This episode is like a good, it is a good representation of like the Boy Meets World we know and love. Yeah, it's just there's a lot of really funny parts in it. I mean, obviously, there's some uh, big lessons that the characters have to learn. And Sean kind of overcomes like a really massive struggle that I'm really excited to get into. Um, but overall, like the show does a great job of just keeping it light and keeping it funny through throughout, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about like the setup of 
Because I, I did say, like, right from the beginning, we have Sean not doing work and Sean kind of, like, being disrespectful in a way. Again, we've seen this happen a little bit with Sean where he's like, what's even the point of this? Like, this is just busy work. And as someone who went to school in Florida, uh, I can tell you, Sherilina, who's, like, from Canada, there was a lot of busy work, especially for as us. a senior. <laughs> but there is, like, this idea of Sean just being, like, dismissive of it. It's like, I'm not going to go to college. None of this really matters. Like, why even try? And then Corey immediately excusing Sean and being like, I'll make up for him. He can share my paper and my grade. Um, and then Topanga being that control freak who's just, like, again, I think there was a lot of, like, them not even necessarily standing up for each other, but just being like, um, why are you not giving us the, like a break? Like, why are you not like excusing our behavior? Does that make sense? I don't know. Totally, absolutely. And, and Feeney, gosh, he does such a great job of challenging each kid with the exact like issue that he feels like they need to work on and that they're struggling with things that he's like, I guess I, I would imagine if it weren't for this circumstance that happened to arise, he would have to teach Topanga individually how to keep out of other people's business or Corey to like not feel the responsibility of others. Um, but he was able to kind of sum it all up into one um, just lesson, overall lesson that I thought was was brilliant. I think that comes with his experience working with students over the years, like he's able to like create a situation that all of them can learn something from. Um, I, there's, there's the, I guess the thing I really want to talk about is Sean starts this bigger conversation with like, hey, people like me don't go to college. There's too many things standing in our way. Like that's where Sean's kind of coming from in this idea. You know, we've seen him. I know you're not super familiar uh, with the show, at least as much as we are and kind of watch that out of order. But one of the things we've noticed from watching it is Sean has had a really rough life. His parents aren't really involved in his life. He is... Um, just, he's just had a lot of ups and downs. And, you know, he comes from a different social class than his friends. He comes from, um, you know, uh, just just uh, all these disadvantages. So I, I, it's just interesting that the show was able to challenge Sean to um, use that as motivation to change versus as reasons to not even try, uh, which I just found super relatable. Definitely. Yeah, yeah I, one of the things that I thought was really interesting is this idea of... Sean, like, again, Sean may be the most real-world character where he was like, even if I do get it, how am I going to pay for it? You know, it's like, yeah. these are real-world things that people like Sean and people in Sean's status have to think about. And as three individuals who are on the other side of graduating and the recession and, like, all of these broken promises, so to speak, that came with, hey, you're going to go to college. Okay, I went, I got the degree, now what? Um, it is important to me that, like, they, we do have that discussion, and someone like Sean is, is both told to not limit himself, but also that maybe college isn't the right answer. You know, it's like, if you want to go to college and you feel like you're like you're only not going because you feel like you're going to hold yourself back. That's not enough reason. But also there, there should be conversation about, okay, well then what would you like to do? What do you think is the best next step? You know what I mean? Man, you guys got me thinking about this episode, like in a way, like, can I just say this? Cause you're right. Like the show does a, a, 
a very convincing job of arguing that even if you can't afford college, you should sign up for it anyway. And now <laughs> I'm thinking like, what the hell? Like, that's not what we should teach people. I don't know. Maybe I spoke too fast when I said this was my favorite episode because you guys are poking <laughs> holes in the shit left and right. And it's just making sense. Like, yeah, why are they trying to like teach Sean that he, even if he can't financially afford it, he should go for it. Uh, I, I have mixed feelings about that. I mean, there's, there's scholarships. Don't, don't that. His grades aren't going to get him any scholarships. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, here's the thing. I think that it's very possible for him to get, <laughs> I think it's very possible for him to get scholarships. I wasn't thinking that, you know, that, but it's, it is a situation to where that puts the onus on him. You know, it's like, you're making him fight for something that he's not totally sure he wants. And I think yeah. what's important, the more important thing, and I think the lesson that Feeney is trying to teach is to not limit yourself because of what you think your circumstances are, but, um, you know, go for it anyway. Go for the impossible and, and then overcome it. But I just think that what happens in this episode is it kind of gets tied to going to college answers all of your all the problems and it's like well we need to have those two conversations separately like um and i and and in a way i think that the the super bowl is the best um analogy for that yeah so instead of being like hey apply to all these college get into college or fail you know it's, it's more like a hey try to do the impossible and or fail and what's really great about that is ultimately the whole the whole point of this was to fail and to be open to failure um and i think that that's kind like not even like the idea of like early on they are like oh we get it you just wanted us to try and it's like no i want you to understand that sometimes you're going to fail and that is also a part of life Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I, I remember that part of the episode when they go back to the classroom and then they're like, okay, we understood your lesson. And then he's like, but where's the tickets? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> There's no tickets. And he's like, get the tickets or you fail. And then they're all like, what just happened? Yeah, Siege, I would argue that the point wasn't to fail. I would argue that the point was that you can't let the odds of failure stop you from trying. I I, I think, I, I mean, I guess we can get into the PD lesson later on, but um, you know, Sean kind of uh, starts this scene like in the classroom at the beginning of the episode saying like, oh, it's it's impossible. The first time Feeney brings up the idea of, of a Super Bowl ticket and that idea of like, what really is and isn't impossible. Like you want to go to Jupiter, maybe that's impossible, but you going to the Super Bowl or going to college, like there, it's not that it's impossible. You're just going to have to, try a little bit harder, maybe adjust your own limitations that you have for yourself. Um, and that's kind of the the overcoming the impossible is the element of the show that I think really um, works well. Um, well, I think that's what, I think what you said now that we're like even talking about it. I think this idea of like rethink of how you see yourself is the true. Again, we're like getting ahead of ourselves with the Feeney lesson, but I do think that that's kind of like the point because he does identify with each of those um, students. Like, Sean, you don't see yourself as capable of doing the impossible. Corey, you see yourself as someone who has to always stick up and be there for uh, Sean. 
in Topanga, you see yourself as someone who has all the answers. And the three of you individually need to rethink how you see yourselves. Because when life comes at you, and like I'm doing it in a very controlled environment as your teacher. But when life does it, it is not going to do so kindly. And you think I'm stern, wait till you get a load of life. Yeah. I mean, he even says at one point, he's like, you know, life is a lot harder than school, which was which was a quote that I really struck me. Um, what what I love about him assigning this assignment to is that this trio of Sean, Corey, and Topanga is really kind of a perfect triad of of Corey emotionally parenting Sean. Um and, and getting fulfillment out of that while at the same time having his girlfriend Topanga feeling somewhat su superior, getting something out of that during their relationship. And, and so kind of uh, Feeney seeing this almost unhealthy habit that's growing between the three of them and challenging them all being like, hey, none of you are going to be able to grow to your fullest potential if you guys don't take care of these things. So um, he really does a, a good part of teaching all of them a lesson, but also helping them become better friends to each other ultimately. Because really, like Feeney said, Sean isn't going to go to college because Corey filled out his paper or because Topanga like, studied with him. Any of that, nothing's going to do that. It's really going to be him wanting it for himself. Right. Well said. <laughs> Good little summary there. Uh, so, oh, so a few things I wanted to say uh, that I thought of. Mo First of all, when Topanga and Corey um, and Sean, like in the very beginning, like when, you know, Feeney first dismisses the class, I had two thoughts. One, when Topanga's like, why aren't you just letting him slide? And he's like, oh, and you the little control freak. I was like, yo. <laughs> Feeney is like done. I don't know what happened that morning. Yeah. I don't know. But Feeney just snapped. And maybe it was like seeing Sean throw away his potential again for like the nth time. But Feeney, like the moment he like said that, I was like, yo, we crossed the line with Feeney. Yeah. But then also <laughs> be telling the rest of the class, leave us. It's like, yo, can you imagine your education where it's like you're in the middle of class during the day and your history professor is just like, yo, everybody else leave. I got to focus on these three for the rest. Of, like, I feel like as a high school student, you'd be like, yo, that was like whatever. But also for your education, I don't want to hear anything about my grades. Like, I didn't get any time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, my I gosh. I've been so embarrassed. Like, I would have been like, oh, gosh, what it like. I don't know, my heart would have been <laughs> there's a There's a line that um, Topanga, I guess, is kind of fighting with uh, Feeney about the assignment or whatever. And um, Feeney says, there's a first time for everything. And Corey says, that argument doesn't get you anywhere with her. I remember that. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, they, they are starting to do a lot more of the sex jokes. Uh, now and I find it very interesting to just to be like, like this is I. To be fair, it's what we're talking about. It's what they're thinking about. So I, I think it's true mm -hmm. to life. But it's also just funny the number of sex jokes we get with Corey and Topanga now that they are a little older. Mm -hmm. and, and just the fact that like um and keep an eye on this siege as we go forward in the season how many of it has to do with virginity and like it's it's almost knocking Topanga for wanting to be a virgin like all of the jokes not that it's a good or bad thing I just want to keep a, an eye out for the pattern of which way these sex jokes are leaning that's actually a really good point uh something else I wanted to say just as a follow-up to the the Feeney dismissing the class joke is uh in the series Girl Meets World they are they kind of have like the same thing where um 
Corey plays the teacher and he's like talking to his students and they're like, we're the only three students you really talk to. And he's like, oh, those guys are good. They have the math teacher. And it's just like this idea of like each teacher picks the three that they like zone in on. Uh, and then the rest of the class is just like there. Um, and well, isn't uh, that how school kind of is though? Like every teacher kind of has certain kids that they vibe with, right? Like, didn't you guys all have the like one or two teachers that you just had a special relationship with that you just didn't have with other ones? I, I, I did. Yeah, same here. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I think for like my most memorable teachers, I would say grade five. Um, Mr. Ogino, rest in peace. Shout out. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I, I spoke too fast. Okay. You can still shout him out. Shout yeah. out. Shout out. Gotta learn to listen T, but you, sorry, Shalita, you were saying. It's okay. Um, he was like a, a father, like a, like a grandpa, I would say, cause he was kind of on the older side, but yeah, really great, um, teacher that really cared, cared about us. Um, he's like the high school I don't know I don't know about YouTube but in high school because we had so many different teachers for like every period it was kind of hard to establish those relationships um I just remember like my grade school teachers <laughs> yeah so uh I completely understand I have like two teachers that come to mind um one was in middle school and I think like middle school is like very formative and I think that's why a lot of tv shows start in middle school because it's yeah. like that's when you really start like things really start I've, I've had a lot of discussions and I think we I don't know about you but like a lot of people I speak to say sixth grade may be like the worst school year ever like just like that emergence into middle school where you're like the lowest on the totem pole like that is like the absolute worst that it gets it's social wise <laughs> like like i don't know about anyone else but i like i'm just thinking um middle school is one of the ones that i had and then in college i had like a, a, a professor or two that were really really impactful but you know, as I reflect on it, it's a shame. I, I did have uh, one or two teachers in high school that I really got along with, but it's it's funny. I'm not going to name who my teacher was that I had a special bond with, but I think she got sexually inappropriate with a student at some point. Oh, I no. don't know. It's one of those things where I like kind of reflect back on childhood and I'm just like, did I witness trauma? <laughs> like, was I a part of something <laughs> traumatic? Like, I don't know. I don't know. There's rumors. Nothing's been confirmed. I don't want to say anything, but it does kind of uh, spoil it a bit. <laughs> That's hilarious that you're like, did I witness trauma? Yeah. Did I did I overhear some things I shouldn't have heard? Which the answer is yes. Um, so yeah, that's a, uh, hmm. <laughs> no, not a Feeny. Definitely not a Feeny. Um, I guess I kind of want to talk to you guys about how Sean goes about like getting these Super Bowl tickets. Um, you know, we end up coming across this radio contest. Um, I guess I want to talk, I, I, I know, I, I kind of talked about how I really enjoyed a lot of aspects of this episode, but I understand that there are problematic parts as we get to the Enoch, Inuit, am I saying that right? Um, yeah. Section of the, section of the show. So I guess I kind of want to just ask you guys, like, what was going through your head as you saw it? Um, you know, how do you, how did you feel when it was going on? Just your overall thoughts on it. 
Yeah. Um, for me, as I, I kind of mentioned at the beginning, it was very cringy for me, just hearing them use that the term um, over and over again. I'm like, Ooh. but I do understand like it was, you know, in the 90s, but I'm glad that, you know, nowadays we've moved past that term but um I just I didn't like how Sean used the person as a way like as a what's the word I'm looking for metaphor metaphor yeah of like oh I always have the the quote the person I don't want to say the term I'll just say Anuk person yeah. in my way I always like this was an Anuk person standing in my way when I was I was I grew up in a trailer park that's an Anuk standing in my way like I didn't like that at all I was like why are you using another person as a negative metaphor and you know that's exactly I wrote my first note was white guy blaming all of his problems on people of color and I was like if that <laughs> isn't a tale as old as time like I was like what like you just met this dude. <laughs> like, no, this dude is by himself, literally by himself, eating some ice cream, minding his own business. And, <laughs> exactly. and then all of a sudden you have this white boy blaming you for growing up in poverty and not being able to go to the Super Bowl and therefore not being able to go to college. And you're like, what? Like, again, enjoying my ice cream on vacation. Like, and all of a sudden I'm someone else's problem. That is so America. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, I, I, I'll have to say this, definitely watching this in the 90s, the word was never anything that I batted an eye about. And I don't know if that's due to my own ignorance, my own miseducation, or if it was just American culture just wasn't there yet. Um, and it's funny too, because you're right. Like it's one of those things that I, I kind of noticed when I was watching it this side around, but I was like, uh, but as you guys are talking about it, like I really can't get off of the fact that like, essentially like imagine if this episode was called the Negro and John was just like, there's always a Negro in my way. And I'm like. <laughs> well, what's funny is that's exactly what this episode. Like, that's this, exactly this what it is. Like, yeah. If this, if this was written in like, 1960 or 1970 they were like the coloreds they're always there preventing yeah. us from rising above and it's like no that's not their fault at all <laughs> like, again yeah. mining your business eating some ice cream in the cold and people want to put all their problems on you and um, it's 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 really a shame because you're right if they had just done a different metaphor in that moment and not had just keep coming back to this uh, this phrase over and over again, the episode would would just, it, it, I think it would have the message that I originally got from it, but you're right. It is tainted now that there's just a little bit more education that's happened. Mm -hmm. Man. Yeah. I, uh, sorry, so I wanted to say, the, I, I think the overall message of, you know, basically roadblocks and, and what you put in your way. And then Sean realizing I'm my own worst roadblock. I'm the own, I'm the person keep holding me back. I think that is a good message to have. And I think that um, letting, letting him see that you're only as limited as your own imagination and what you're willing to accept in life 
is important, but also it's funny to me because, I mean, it's a 30 minute TV show. We don't expect a lot, but just also the way that they play the competition is that, first of all, he calls in and they're like, we have the last few tickets left. He calls in and they're like, oh, and you have to do this. No, say that up front. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't tell me what I have to do after I call and I'm the 20th caller. But um, can, I, can I quickly mention just that uh, Sean and Corey being completely disillusioned to the Super Bowl ad on the radio, I thought was actually kind of funny. Like I, I was laughing throughout. Classic <laughs> and, television. And, and, for whatever reason, Sean just felt the need to blame Topanga for everything. Like Topanga's trying her hardest to tell them, and he's just like, "Thanks, Topanga." Like and that actually keeps happening throughout the episode. This just little jab at Topanga. Again, uh. it's just, in, in my opinion, it's just white fragility. You have like a white man who's like, "I gotta blame somebody. This can't be my fault." <laughs> and all I see are other white men. So. I, I'm blaming the closest non-white man I can. That's literally what he does for the majority of the episode. You but, know, if, um, if if you take away, like again, this the the phrasing of the analogy of a roadblock, there is something really important to this idea of Sean um, deciding that he's not going to let his disadvantages standing his his way anymore. Like that's that's a super kind of huge conclusion for this character, or really for any character to kind of come to. Um, and I just a well, quick person, the personal story on this. Um, just I had remembered when I was living in Florida and I was deciding if I wanted to move to LA and uh, you know, when you're in a hometown and Siege can attest to this, he knows our hometown. A lot of people end up staying there for, for forever. Right. So it's really easy to just like get caught in that mindset. And when Sean kind of said like, Hey, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. Like there was something about that that I like felt. And because I, I did feel that in that moment, like, Hey, if I don't get the hell out of Florida, I'm going to be here forever. And like, it was literally the best decision I made. And it was that same kind of gut instinct of just like, I got to run now or I'm stuck. And I just thought that was just like a really important moment for, for Sean's evolution um, to get to the point where he was just like going to stop making excuses and just start trying even harder, um, which I just thought was really great. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> yeah. Can't so um, <laughs> the, the thing that I wanted to pick up from is it's not just, Sean having his limitations hold him back. It's his mindset about what, who he is because of those limitations. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like, it's not that like being in poverty or not having a good house or whatever is what held him back. It's his mindset about those things and him being like, I'm only this. This, because I'm a kid from the trailer park, I can't do the impossible is what I think like was the real restructuring. And again, not, not blaming external factors, but kind of looking internally. Now, of course, that's always complex because nowadays we're like, well, no, systematically speaking, um, you aren't set up to succeed and you do have more to overcome. So that's really important to bring up. But I do also think that it kind of goes hand in hand of not letting those systematic circumstances limit you. The, the only thing I wanted to bring up is um, when they're on the billboard, not only does, when, when Corey brings Sean the hot cocoa or whatever, 
he is immediately just like rubbing it in other dude's face and like total dick just, to like, him. It's great, total <laughs> dick, high and mighty. And it's like, okay, so like that's also part of the problem. Like the moment you felt like you had like a little bit of upper hand, he's just like in this dude's face. And the, the, the guy has the best line ever, which is, <laughs> I don't even like football, I like billboards, and you have <laughs> ruined this for me. <laughs> so there was that. Absolutely. That dude definitely has sex on billboards. I feel like it's like this, oh my this God. challenge thing that he does. But anyway, um, but then it's like, hey, you knew the other guy was there. You know, like the guy eating ice cream. You knew he was. So why, why are you even like taunting this dude? And there's this idea of the moment you realized who the other guy was, you were like, oh, I guess it's, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to beat him out. You didn't even try. You didn't stay. We didn't see. It's been like 30 days, and the guy is just like getting more comfortable and taking off his jacket because he's like, oh, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm a little chilly. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, or <laughs> yeah. a little warm. We didn't see any of that. He just immediately looked over, saw this guy who he assumed had um, – was – better prepared to withstand the circumstances and then was like, I got to call it quits. I'm done. And that's what I thought was also really important. It's like this idea of you didn't even really spend that much time doing the thing that you said you set out to do. You yeah. just like immediately claim defeat. Yeah. Gosh, man, wouldn't it have been so much? I'm sorry. Can we just refer to this guy as an Alaskan? The Alaskan? Like, couldn't he have just said the Alaskan? Wouldn't it have had the same effect, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I, I do remember, oh, um, oh sorry. No, no, you no, go, Sean. Sean did um, say he's part of the Inuit tribe. So he I did, did give that's him why. points for that. That's why I specifically but, chose it because he says Inuit. Go ahead, yeah. Shalina. No, yeah, that, that was my point. But yeah, um, I do believe, like I'm not familiar with Alaska and like Greenland, but like in the Northwest Territories, which is like right beside um there we call them anyway right oh it seems like boy meets world did a little bit of research with something like for the first time like this is more research than they typically do well what's so funny is like for you to do the research and be like nah this one is the one that americans are more familiar with so we're not going to change it at all we're just going to keep it there um and i i honestly i'm trying to think of like what they could have done that would have been less offensive considering the 90s and like what they would have most likely replaced it with you know what i mean yeah. mm -hmm. so um okay so um do we want to talk about Corey and sean before we move on to topanga not topanga um do we want to talk about Corey and topanga before we move on to eric and jack i, I mean i guess my only thing with Corey and topanga that i uh kind of realized is that uh, there's a lot of um what, what what am I what am I thinking of? Um, dependency, and amongst the three kids and their relationships, and you know, as even though the focus is kind of on Sean, um, you kind of see that even Corey and Topanga have those de dependency tendencies, dependency tendencies, um, or that you could see that like may be an issue later on. So I I mean obviously the episode doesn't focus too much on them. Um, but I just thought that that was just something that was was a good insight to to who they are as a as a thruple. Um, I have, I didn't really 
really pay attention to their dynamic during the episode, to be honest. No, 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 that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I, we always going to give you the opportunity to, to respond. Um, <clears throat> but I think so, in, in, in my opinion, I think that A, Topanga learning that like, you know, she has to fail and like nobody should be perfect, but it's also a really good lesson because when you have someone like, as high strung as her and like I've never failed before and I I don't get asked all these things again it's one of those moments where it's like when you do if, if it's not done in the right way you will lose everything like yeah. there are people who have like dropped out of school because of it and it's like you can't put that level of pressure on yourself um and it's also important to sometimes you need to butt in you know like that's another thing it's like sometimes it involves you risking failure if it means helping friends out you, you know Siege, uh just coming from our perspective of watching this podcast i feel like we haven't seen topanga the intellectual in quite a while um we've seen topanga the girlfriend we've seen topanga like kind of being almost in these silly roles time traveling and all that stuff um but we've yet to see her really kind of focus on her prospects of college and kind of get into that so i i love that we're kind of showing how intelligent she is and kind of highlighting that as a feature um because it's it's actually something i always think about with topanga yet it hasn't been something we've seen a whole lot of so maybe this is kind of the introduction to her as this kind of budding intellectual she ends up being the uh valedictorian of her class at the end of the year so uh, maybe this is something that we get some more storyline of um, because uh, one of the things we've noticed is just that she's she she hasn't really played much of a part in the overall story. So um, I'm just happy to hear and see more of her. Honestly, more 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 females on screen. Speaking of show. which, I was like, "Where's Angela? Like, you know who would be a great person for a Sean centric episode? His girlfriend Angela. Like, yeah. She, like, why is she not here? And I, you know, it's one of those things where it's like maybe it was filmed out of order." whatever but like i felt like there was a missing element of having angela here and and being able to speak to um sean and 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 just play a role i don't know like not saying that you need your girlfriend <laughs> to help you decide to go to college or whatever but i just felt like um we've been introduced to this character and at this point in time i think we haven't seen her in a while and i'm like why not? That's that's just how I feel. I wonder if um, a, a lower class white boy complaining about adversity to a black woman would have been <laughs> too hard of a sell. <laughs> exactly. Maybe they were like, we can't do that while Angela's here. <laughs> not not going to even try. Exactly. Um, Speaking of what, Shirley, have you seen, oh, sorry, do you remember Angela? And do you, like, what are, what are your thoughts on that character, Angela, uh, even though she's not in this episode? Angela is, is she the Black girl? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I vaguely remember that dynamic. I was probably too young to really pay attention. Yeah. This came on, but, yeah, I, I recently bought, um, Disney Plus again, so I'm <laughs> I'm gonna be going through this series and then use your podcast as like my after show. <laughs> oh, love it! We love being a good after show. I think uh, I I watch a lot of shows that way myself. Um, let's talk about Eric and Jack. Oh wait, do we have anything else to say about the A storyline? I, I I don't I don't really. I'm good. Okay, uh, so let's talk about Eric and Jack. Um, a few things, T, you know how I feel about their dynamic. So I'll yes. let you look at it. 
and tell me what you think. Uh, Sherilina, uh, just so you know, actually, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to let you two give us your first response to this okay. B storyline, uh, and then I'll jump in. Okay. <laughs> yeah, ladies first. All right. Um, so I would say, so I watched the episode twice. The first um, time I watched it, I, I just focused on the Corey, Sean, Topanga storyline. I didn't really like pay attention to um, Jack and Eric. Uh, but then the second time around, I'm like, okay, there's something in here that I could take. Um, I don't know if I'm going to share. Should I share the my lesson? Or is that like after? The I don't know. I mean, like, well, we, we have like a Feeny lesson and we'll, okay. we'll bring up that point. But just like, what are your over your overall thoughts on that storyline, like that section of the storyline of the the guys double dating and everything? I don't know. I think like at the end when they realize that they prefer the other partner because they're more in common, I thought was interesting. But the way that they like kind of switched the girls, it was kind of objectifying like, oh, like, <laughs> It's like, I, I don't like this toy, let's switch kind of thing. That that part I didn't really like, but <laughs> yeah. T? Uh, I, I, you know, I have to say, uh, I, there were a lot of parts of this storyline that made me laugh. Um, I did feel that there's a very important conversation about compatibility that the boys are learning. Um, you know, I feel like that's a lesson that a lot of us don't learn into our late 20s, 30s, 40s, that someone who likes the same shit as you isn't necessarily compatible romantically with you. Um, so that's like a great, like, I I'm for that lesson. Um, you're right. There is some objectification that goes on. And there's also this feeling that Jack and Eric are happier together than they are with these girls. Like they don't even attempt to go after them. They're completely just fine. Just being like patting each other on the back and just being like, all right, Jack, I guess it's just you and me again tonight. Like it's vibes. I'm getting, I'm getting vibes. Siege. So just so you know, Charlena, for me, uh, I see Jack and Eric's relationship on screen. And especially at this point, as like a coded bisexual couple. And <laughs> like, like that's just like what I'm seeing on it. It's like the vibes that I'm getting, the idea of like, hey, how'd your date go with that girl last night? Not great. How about you? Even worse. Um, you know, like we, we've happened to find two strange girls and what I'm really connecting, like when we do have two strange girls, we automatically match with the one that's most like my roommate and most like um, the person that uh, I'm currently living with. And then we're like, well, that doesn't really feel right. Maybe because it brings up some vibes of like, oh, it'd be like dating the other dude. And so instead, I guess I'll default to someone more like me. And it's like, I, I love the way that that uh, one character, and actually I do want to bring up their their names uh, and bring out that it was um carol and jill yeah so thank you so much we get mindy spence as jill and caroline keenan as carol and i thought it was really funny that jill was like yo no one makes a sandwich with jelly and jelly like that's like that's like i was like yeah i do like that yeah. idea that metaphor of, it, of being like i don't want more of the same i want someone who can get me out of my my head because I'm always there or 
how Carol was like, I don't want someone who will look up those words with me. I want someone who can tell me what they mean. And I really, really enjoyed the fact that these girls seemed very self-assured. Um, and like, again, as always, girls are written more mature, but they were two individuals who were like, we're not playthings. You don't just get to decide you want the other one. Yeah. And that's not what they knew what they want including taco and i love I get, yeah like, like i the love taco that scene was really, really fun. the whole like the cia they take care of you for life or they kill you like it's it's there's some funny stuff there um but yeah you're you're so right like there's i didn't even it didn't even occur to me that they would shy away from these relationships with these female counterparts because it reminded them too much of their relationship with each other that's a very interesting theory um <laughs> But yeah, it, it, it just kind of, uh, you know, as you're saying it, like they needed to get out of their own head. They thought they knew what was best for them. And it, I'm trying to like marry these lessons between these two storylines and just this idea of like getting outside of your own head, getting outside of your own expectations. It seems to be a, a, a through line between the two. Um, but yeah, I mean, there isn't a whole lot to dissect about Eric and Jack's storyline. It's very plain. It's very... The, the one thing I will say is that this whole, like, switching dates, a double date where there's, like, a switch that tries to occur is something that is not specific to the show. I have seen that on so many sitcoms and so many movies. This idea of just, like, all right, let's just switch them around real fast. So I, 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 I'm really not going to even, like, give them so much of a hard time for that other than just being kind of lazy. Um, so, yeah. So I, 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 But I do enjoy the lesson that they're trying to teach about how you can't make a sandwich out of jelly and jelly. Mm-hmm. yeah that line stood out to me too as well have you guys ever been a, a jelly and jelly sandwich have you ever been with someone who is too much like you um yeah and i thought it was like a good thing but it turned out not to be a good thing yeah. unfortunately um and that's i'll save my like main my lesson to the end to the theme lesson but like yeah yeah, honestly, I've never dated anyone like me because I, I, I'm very similar to Carol in that sense where I was like, no, I know me. I, I'm around me all the time. I don't need anyone like me. As a matter of fact, when I see someone who is too much my vibe, I'm like, we're not going to get along. Not for anything, like not that uh, there's something wrong with me or something wrong with them. It's just that you can't have too, like you need someone to balance you out. And yeah that's that's how i personally approach it you know some people like dating their twin it's a very popular thing in the gay community but like it's not something that would ever vibe for me yeah i've i've always had like different energies than the people i've been with like i've always kind of been more of the um extrovert than the introvert but i will say that my entire high school relationship was only built upon like liking the same music and movies. Like it was such a surface level thing of just like, Oh, you like the same shit I like. So we must be compatible (laughs) only to realize like I'm bored. You're not giving me anything new to work with. It's just like, it it just felt like I was in a relationship with myself. Like truly like eventually, like it just got to the point where I was just very bored and I had nothing to do with that person other than we just, didn't bring anything new to the table other than just what we had in common. So I, I, I appreciate it. Boy meets world for kind of acknowledging how problematic that can be. That's also really funny considering what I know your history is with 500 days of summer and why, yes. why that was such an awakening moment of you to be like, 
just because you share interests with someone does not make them your soulmate. And I do think that that takes a lot of time for boys to learn. Um, I also think that this episode is a little, it's a little confusing because at the end, you know, the guys are like, oh, I guess, you know, we can't box women in and blah, blah, blah. And the girls are like outside waiting on them. It's like, oh, yo, they still, they really are not going to come out and get us. And it's like, no one's communicating. No one at all. Like, yeah. that's another thing that's really important. Being like, hey, I feel like I really vibe with Jill. Do you mind? Like, you know, like, or actually talking to each other significantly and being invested in your own date to the point to where maybe you get to learn about her and be like, even though we're very, very similar, um, sorry, even though your friend is very, very similar, what makes us work well? I mean, because if, th if the two of them are friends and the two of you are friends, obviously the dynamic could work, but it was never given a chance and no one communicated again, except the women who were like very clear about what they wanted. I have to say, when I first watched this episode and every subsequent time I watched this episode, I think if I were them, I don't know that I would know to go after them either. Like, it, to me, it wasn't like this super clear thing. And I'm like, it seems like they wanted to excuse themselves and they left. I, I, I don't know that I would have. So I, I don't know if that's just the guy thing or if that's just the me thing, but. I no, that's that's that. what I said. I was like, they just, no one's communicating. And yeah. the, the girls are like, oh, they're really not going to come after us. So A, you're playing games. And then even when that happens, they leave. And it's like, yeah. so did you want them to <laughs> chase? Like, door. what's going on? You did not. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, sorry. Huh. Um, I, yeah. Anything else to say about this episode, guys? Like, I feel like we've, we've covered a lot. Um, okay, do we have a bruh moment? Uh, do you have a bruh moment, uh, Selena? Yes. So, so this is the part where anything that I share, anything that's shocking. Yes. Right? Anything yeah. shocking, anything that didn't age well. Um, I guess like we covered that at the beginning with the term, the term. Um, I think that was like the biggest bruh moment for me. And um the sternness of Feeny. I don't know. I, I guess because I haven't really seen the show in a while. Um, and I haven't seen that side of Mr. Feeny. So that kind of like, oh, gosh, he's, he means business. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, I would just say like the title of the episode and then like using the Anuk person, like Sean blaming the Anuk person for his troubles. Definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, uh, that's kind of my overall bro moment too, that this whole thing is just kind of named after a slur. But I, I will say that like, this is kind of making me understand that, um, you know, I, I've watched this episode over and over again, and it's only until we had this conversation that it kind of clicked to me that this whole thing is about a slur. And so the, the Brummo for me was kind of like, bruh, like you didn't understand. Like, and this is just like, a, maybe just a learning thing, how bad it was, like equating it to calling this episode, the Negro, I'm like, Jesus Christ, so offensive. So like, I'm, I'm understanding it at a different level now that I didn't when we started this conversation. So like, bruh, bruh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I think that that's, that's kind of, uh, for me, my uh, bro moment is not just the fact that we use this slur, but it is this idea of putting your, blaming your problems on 
people of color and being like, oh, it's because of the, there's always going to be a person of color who has, for whatever reason, their perceived advantages um, <laughs> that is standing in my way. And that's why I, as a white person, am not able to get ahead. And again, I don't think that that's like inherently what Sean meant by the metaphor, but that is what we're showing and that's what we're saying. By specifically making it an Anuk person, it's like, why why not a truck driver? Why not... Um, in, like it could literally be anyone and anything in order to make it could literally be a physical roadblock he could have been on his way there and there's like a legit cement roadblock preventing him from going but we didn't do that instead we used this comedic uh or sorry we used this slur as comedic um uh, as a comedic tool. And I think that that is specifically where I'm like, we have to be mindful of the messaging that we're making, specifically when we're referencing cultures that are not our own. Yeah, and and, and I mean, we kind of touched on this already, and I guess we will kind of see this more and more. And this whole idea that college is something that you should go for no matter what. I, I'm not saying it's necessarily like a bad thing. College benefits a lot of people, but like, it's just interesting that during this time period, I have to say I was heavily influenced by this idea of college and I'm seeing it a lot in media at the time. Like most of the nineties movies, when you think about it, were about teens, like talking about where they're going to go for college or being worried about college. Like that's like half of every teen movie I've seen. So it's just like really heavily um, promoted to us in the same way. I feel like America almost approached, uh, promotes military in the same way like it, it it's kind of like this educational propaganda that i'm just kind of seeing more and more as i revisit 90s uh entertainment so um again not saying that college is a bad thing for everyone but just the way that we're teaching that everyone needs to go to college and that everyone's going to be better off when they after they finish college is not the way that this story actually ended so um i don't know it's just something to think about Question, Selena, how is um, how is college framed in Canada? Like, do you guys have the same kind of pressure and expectations? Yeah, so, sorry, I'm just going to tell my parents to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, right, you're good. <laughs> I love it. We've all been there. I think this is so funny. I saw Charlie get up, move around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's back here. He's <laughs> he's like, you promised me a 420 walk, a smoking walk. I feel bad. I think I broke Rex's pen. <laughs> That's what I was messing with earlier. Like Rex had like this little pen and I think I broke it. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, what was the question? Oh, if it's different uh, yeah college right so in canada um so i'm in in ontario and we have it's called we have college university and trades so i think our university is equivalent to your college um and when i was in high school um university was really uh promoted heavily like don't go to college go to university type of thing but I, I find that um, like a couple of years after that, there's more push to college and trades. 
um, as opposed to university because I, I know a lot of my peers uh, that did go to university and did get like a, a degree they ended up going back to college because they found that college was better to get jobs um, yeah. as opposed to just your, your degree so yeah I think it, it would it's kind of similar as in the states but I, I totally agree uh, with what Tony was saying with like it's not for everyone and that's not not the only option to be successful so yeah. absolutely um i guess we're kind of running low on time should we give like get to grades and yeah. and such yeah let's do grades um what grade are you giving this uh <laughs> Be honest. Be yeah. be hard. We be did not write this episode. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I would maybe a B minus. Yeah, a B or a B minus. Sounds good. That's, I mean, like, yeah, honestly. that's it's a fair grade. Um, I, I'm going to give this episode an A minus. I really thought it was a perfect episode. You guys cracked a bunch of holes in it, so I'm taking it down. <laughs> but as far as like Sean's overall evolution, the like what the writers were intending when they wrote the episode, um, the time period in which it was it was made, like all that shit. You know, I still think it's a pretty solid episode. And it's a very well-written episode. I think that's the other thing is that we've seen a lot of really sloppy episodes where we're like, oh, there's this is just bullshit. All of this. We 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 time traveled twice in the show for no reason. <laughs> like, yeah, yes. like there's been some really lazy ass episodes. So this I just thought was just still a great example of the show. Maybe I should revisit, not my favorite. Um but what, uh, a good example of what the show is to someone who's never seen it. So I, I, I give it the A minus. Yeah, Selena, we last time we time traveled, it was because a magic cat that had nothing to do with the, the series. Oh so God. it was like, it's just like these things where you're like, the okay. First time, the first time was due to a broken microwave. Like it's, it's never yeah. made sense. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, how can you time travel and make it make sense anyway? But still, um, so uh, I'm going to split the difference and do a B plus. I felt like this episode, as, as both of your points, I feel like this episode is good. It's classic. It's one of the ones that I remember. I enjoyed myself for the most part, especially like the soup or bowl and like all of those like little yeah. moments. I thought was really, really fun and good. But also with the outdated terminology, the if I'm being honest, even the Jack and Eric storyline, I feel like we could have lost it and yeah. spent more time um, not having Angela here. You know, like a lot of these things are critiques about the the world building itself and less about the actual um, episode. But I just think that it could have been better. Um, I would love to. Um, I would love to see it done, like maybe like a rewrite, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and, and make things a little bit more relevant. And of course, as we said earlier, um, using different terminology. So that's yeah, it. absolutely. Homework, Shalina, tell yeah. us what you got. Siege, uh, why don't you start us out with homework today, bruh? Okay, so um, by the time this episode airs, it will have been out for a little bit at this point in time. But um, while we're recording, Black Lady Sketch Show 
is coming back to BET for, not BET, HBO HBO. (laughs) for a second season. Uh, I had so much fun. Uh, I was just watching Black Lady Courtroom right before we started recording, just to remind myself some of the highlights. Uh, Check it out again, season two, Black Lady Sketch Show uh, on HBO Max, if you have it. It's it's we need some black joy, so it's it's time for some some laughs and some fun and um, some sketch comedy. That's that's my uh, work. That's exciting. Uh, so season two is out already, or it's coming out? It'll be out on Friday of this week. Oh, um, we'll so probably by the get time it like listen, a month yeah. later. Or uh, sorry, I'll <laughs> let you know how it is. <laughs> Selena, anything? Oh, sure. Um. So, okay, with in terms of shows, I just finished watching Snowpiercer on Netflix. Oh, how is it? I loved it. Uh, the second season just finished. Uh, really, really good series. Love to be dicks. Yes, yes, he, he, he did a good job in that one. Um, and can I do music as well? Yeah, absolutely. 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 So I'm a Brandy fan, so her new album. <laughs> B7 amazing. Oh, it's good. We will we will check it out. We are brandy like we've we've had Stance. the brandy conversation a few times, especially when uh 1997s well yes. versus but then also I was saying uh when Cinderella came out on um oh, Disney Plus. Disney Plus, that was also like a moment. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, Brandy, if you go back and listen to like her first album, it's a classic throughout. No skips on that one. So I'll, I'll second that. Like, I'm excited that Brandy's making new music. Yeah. Yeah. And and the lyrics of uh, her songs on this one are so like deep. Like she probably went through a lot, like mm. just based on her, uh, what her songs are about. Yeah. It's like, wow. Thanks for opening up your your life to us. You didn't have to, but yeah. It was, it was, she's yeah, a treasure. Like she's such an icon. I, I I wonder, uh, like, I don't know. Like I feel like eventually, like years from now, we'll put her in the same mindset as like our parents put Diana Ross and like all those other people. But I just feel like she doesn't often get the credit that she deserves for kind of like her role in teen pop R&B, like even, even, even her and Monica, I feel like they a lot of times get forgotten about and everyone's really quick to bring up Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and all these like white counterparts that came after. But like, yeah. they, they like Brandy was like from the get, just like putting out bops, talented as hell. She starred on a TV show as a teenager, come on. And she was Ugh. in movies. She was in. She did uh, everything. I know what you did last summer. She was in Cinderella, that Dinah Ross show movie she did. Yeah. Yeah, we all know that black artists just don't get the same credit as white artists. Like they just don't, yeah. no matter how talented they are. Um, this is like a complete side tangent, but I was watching with my boyfriend RuPaul's Drag Race, and I was like, there is no reason this isn't the number one television show in the world like you have like you have people who are creating costumes and like days you have they have to have uh be able to perform do makeup 
all you know like they did like basically every single competition show that you've ever had is in one tv show and i'm like it's literally only because it usually just it stars people of color uh non-conforming genders and is run by a black drag queen that's the only reason this isn't like one of the most well known like not even well known because it's well known at this point but like the number one money maker on all of television like name another show that's giving you all of this and i think that to be fair i feel brandy's kind of the equivalent it's like name name someone who was giving you everything brandy was in the 90s yeah and i mean at her age everything nobody yeah Yeah, it's like like what you mentioned with the show it's like double minority like race and then sexual orientation yeah exactly and you had black female there's no way to win they were like black female uh we'll give her some credit but like we ain't doing all that (laughs) but yeah i'll definitely have to check out her new music and just uh continue to support her because i think that's the one thing that we can all do better as black people is continue to support these artists that don't have as big of followings as they used to have because mainstream media like decided to toss them out like that's you know streaming has given us the ability to keep supporting these people so uh, i'll definitely have to check out the album and dive deeper into the lyrics and stuff um homework for me Uh, oh okay so hey we were talking about uh black joy um today's 420 um that we're recording this i am planning uh on re-watching a movie i saw on netflix a while ago called bad trip um it stars eric andre and little rel and tiffany haddish um i don't know if you guys are familiar with this movie but the movie is basically like jackass in terms of its structure it's all like jokes being kind of done on people unexpectedly um by these three brilliant comedians uh who are just hilarious throughout um and they're just like putting people in the most crazy circumstances it's it, it does have kind of like a jackass borat feel but it's just um it's so like uniquely black <laughs> at the same time and i just like was crying laughing the other night watching it and i'm i'm gonna rewatch it uh tonight with my uh sister-in-law so I, i'm just uh i highly recommend people checking it out because it was like the first time i guffawed like had a real hard laugh in a, in a while um but but yeah <laughs> see it's not a fan eric andre is not my comedy like here's the, and that's like that's not saying anything else. I think black people deserve the right to be crazy and do jackass things all the time, but it is not my sense of comedy. And every like very few Eric Andre things can I watch and not just be like totally disgusted. Like- I, I will say that this is my favorite version of Eric Andre I've seen. I, I've seen his, some of his sketch shows. He had a, like a little talk show for a while. He's really obscure, um, but this is probably the most restrained I've seen him. Um, and I feel like he's just, he's like a, a, a singer that's knowing how to control their voice. Like he's just really maturing really uh, greatly in his comedy. So uh, maybe he's still worth checking out. I don't know. No, no, absolutely. I, I support black artists. <laughs> I'm not gonna watch. Like my eyes are my eyes. <laughs> Selena, do you know who Eric Andre is? Have like you? No familiar? idea. Maybe if I've seen an image or a picture. I don't know. Yeah, hold on one second. He's just like, um, and if you can imagine, just like uh, the way Sasha Bear, Baron Cohen it, does Borat, and just really uh, is very old 
over the top and extreme and in people's faces. He he has a very similar style of comedy. It's 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 pretty abrasive. Yeah. See, I don't know if it, like I was gonna share a screen, but it, it won't let me. Oh, uh, I could. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like he's here's the thing. I will say from what I know about him, and there's actually like one of the um, YouTube channels I follow all the time, Wisecrack, actually has something about Eric Andre's comedy and like how he, like he is taking gross out humor as an art form. Like he he knows, as you said, TC, how to like push the limits and all this other stuff and do so like critically. Um, and I think that's amazing. I just also, there are certain things where I'm like, I don't, my, my sensitive um, eyes don't need to see everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, he is quite experimental in, in his humor, but again, it's just, I, I love that we can just do anything and be anything. We don't have to be one idea of a black comedian. This isn't just all a bunch of like, you know, Bill Cosby, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, like versions, like there's more than one way to be funny and there's more than one way to express yourself. So um, just love that he's doing something different and something new. And I, I like I said, I think this is probably his best outing. Um, so um, highly recommend it. Absolutely. I will let this conversation die. I just want to bring up that um, something that you were saying that I love that we can be whatever we want to be. Um, and I was talking to my boyfriend about uh, Jada Pinkett Smith and yeah. he's someone who's like been in the industry for a long time. And I was like, why don't you like, her? he was like, I don't like her. And I was like, why? And he was like, well, she was always weird. Like I, you know, you'd be at the pool and she, there's like a famous moment of like, we'll be interviewed. And she just shows up with like a boa constructor. And I was like, I think you didn't like her because you just never seen anyone like her. You know, like, it's like she was, she and her children kind of like trailblaze this idea of like, what would it be like to be black and carefree? You know, like, you know, it's yeah. like rich, black, carefree. What would you do? How would you behave? And what would ultra creative. Ultra creative. And that's what like her and her children are known for. And I do know that like, they rub a lot of the community the wrong way. And I think it's just because we're not used to seeing Black people be able to be this weird and yeah. this creative and carefree, and so that you was know, she's that I she's to the lead singer of like a screamo metal band, Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah, Did you know totally. that? I heard about that. Yeah, that fits. That fits. <laughs> it just does. Like I didn't know about that, but like that makes sense. Yeah, me, like so. she can be both. Like she can be like hanging out with Tupac one moment and then being like uh, a screamo singer the next minute. Like she's she's incredible. Exactly. So I just wanted to say, I'm glad Eric Andre, keep doing your thing. I won't watch it, but everyone else go check it out. <laughs> okay, uh, I guess this is the time where we will absolutely let you promote uh, and I'm going to put myself on mute, FYI, because Logan's up and starting to act a little crazy. So uh, T, if you can kind of yeah, yeah. wrap Yeah, so where can um, our listeners find you, Shalina? They could find me on Instagram at Every 90s Podcast, 90s like the numerical, 90s. And my podcast is available on Spotify. It just got on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and I feel like there's another one, but I forget. Those are like <laughs> the, main, the main ones. She out here, y'all. If you have <laughs> podcasts, she out here. <laughs> yes. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, we always love having a guest and love having a, a new perspective. And um, we can't wait to check out your podcast in the future as well. Um, 
you can find us everywhere podcasts are available as well check out our social media um uh, siege we can find you on twitter at i am not your oreo um again most likely at this point in time just giving you guys my thoughts on the circle um <laughs> season two as well black lady sketch show and um honestly i uh, we haven't really talked about it yet but we're gonna have to get into this kong versus godzilla thing but that, that's a different time for a different uh podcast wow 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 lots to look forward to um you can find me on twitter as well at anna kendrick retweets where i will be retweeting everything that anna kendrick tweets feel free to follow along um but other than that yeah you can catch me and siege right here uh on brummie's world wherever brummie's world stuff is so thank you guys so much for listening thanks again to our guests and remember to dream try I don't no, think no, she knows we, it. It's, it's do good. It's completely fine. We always, every single time we have a guest, we're like, ah, and they're like, we'll ah, put you on the spot. It's a famous quote from the show. So we always put you on the spot just in case you know it, but it's fine. It's okay. fine. So, <laughs> so, so the phrase is dream, try, and do good. So, see, do you want to start this off? Okay. So uh, remember to dream, try, and do good. Yeah. Later, bros. Later, bros. <laughs> when the spawn meets, well.